worship in the world is a screen-free worship experience brought to you by Downtown Church. Downtown Church is a community of unfinished people based in Columbia, South Carolina. We believe in asking honest questions as we strive to follow Christ within our own communities, loving people wherever they find themselves on their faith journey. Thank you for being with us today.
Let us pray. Holy God, we thank you for this new day. We thank you for this moment. May your love and may your grace guide us through this worship experience. We are truly here to praise your holy name. Amen. Let us stand and sing together. Mission can be found inside of your program, and in a moment we will collectively acknowledge that we are humans, that we are frail, that we do sin, we do fall short, whatever term you want to use, we're not perfect. We need God. We seek forgiveness, we ask for forgiveness. And, and particularly this week, if you're that person who you can acknowledge that maybe I caused some harm to somebody, maybe I caused some harm to myself, maybe just through my tongue, maybe it cut like a knife and I said some things I shouldn't have said. I've done some things I shouldn't have done. I have a moment to acknowledge that I could have done better. Thanks be to God that we have an opportunity to seek forgiveness through the blood of Jesus to be reconciled with God our creator. So family together, let us say the prayer of admission followed by a moment of silence. God, we need you as we try to make sense of this world and of our surroundings. Help us get out of our own way and listen for your voice. Forgive us for we have caused harm to ourselves, to our friends, to our colleagues, and to our neighbors.
Family, there's a lot of uncertainty in the world. There are a lot of things I'm not sure about. There are a lot of things that I doubt. But one thing is certain, one thing is for sure. One thing is beyond the shadow of a doubt. We are saved by the blood of Jesus. Rest assured, we are forgiven. Thanks be to God. The session of the church, the board of the church, they know that I like to talk to people. So they joked that I need to have like a timekeeper during Holy Interruption, you know, like somebody that would just come and grab me out of conversation. But I don't think I'm the problem. I'm just going to say. I don't think there's a problem. I'm glad that we're enjoying each other's company. Summertime is a time uh, of travel. We pull those large suitcases out of the back of our closets and we fill them up with all the things we'll need for our fun trips. If you're like me, you probably have to make a list to try to remember things like phone chargers, toothbrushes, toothpaste. We think about all the things that we will need and then we probably pack in some uh, creaturely comforts. Well, on Sundays this summer, we're gonna do a new sermon series called Eight Things to Pack. You can see it on the back of your program. And we're gonna consider things that we might wanna pack on our spiritual journey. You and I, we don't often think about being on a spiritual journey, but our life is a spiritual journey, spiritual experience. And believe it or not, there are actually some things that we can pack along with us that'll help us feel a little more prepared for what we might encounter. So this sermon series, it'll uncover eight things in scripture. And the first today is goldfish and Gatorade. Listen now for God's word for you. I'm reading in scripture from the gospel of Matthew, chapter five, verses 13 through 16. Jesus says, you are the salt of the earth. You are the salt. But if salt has lost its taste, how can saltiness be restored? It's no longer good for anything. It's thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. And a city built on a hill cannot be hid. People, they don't light a lamp and put it under a bushel basket. Rather, they put it on the lampstand and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Last April, I traveled to the Pacific Northwest, traded out these hot, humid Columbia days for, you know, the snow-capped mountains and spring meadows of the Northwest. I was there with some preaching colleagues, always trying to get better, you know? And from the house where we are staying, we could see the gorgeous Mount Rainier. The mountain that stands some 14,400 feet above sea level. It's an icon in Washington's landscape. It's a place that people travel from near and far to see and to climb. Well, one afternoon, my colleagues and I took a break from all of our studying and we piled in some cars and we rented some chains to wrap around our tires so that they would let us drive into the Mount Rainier National Park. Due to the weather and our late timing, they wouldn't let us hike on any of the trails, but they did let us walk around the base camp. And we got to talk to one of the park rangers. 
She was describing to us how dangerous it is actually to climb this particular mountain. And as we were talking with her, one person asked, how many hikers have to be rescued off of the trail? And she laughed, she said, ha, too many. It's amazing, she said, how many people start up the trail without thinking about what they might need. Basic things, she says, like water or the right clothes or the proper shoes. She told us that their search and rescue teams have been busy since COVID. People are eager to get outside, but they're not always thinking through what they would need. She said, we actually have to evacuate people by helicopter because they've forgotten to pack. When have you found yourself unprepared? Without what you need. It happens all the time in our lives. Maybe in school, maybe you're taking a test and you realize, "Mm, I don't have the knowledge that I need for this particular test and you make a bad grade and then you have to spend the whole semester trying to bring up that grade. Has that happened to anybody else before? Or maybe you're in um, a doctor's office and you're unprepared for the news about your health. And the doctor leaves and you're in this sterile windowless room, reeling in the news that you've just learned, wishing that you had invited someone to come with you to the appointment. Or maybe you felt unprepared when somebody called you, a good friend, And in tears, sobs, they're telling you that their kid was in a car accident and that somebody was driving under the influence and they're waiting for you to say something and you can't because your kid is the same age as their kid. Unprepared. When have you been unprepared? There are times like this when we're unprepared. Then there are the times when we need to be rescued like those hikers on the mountains, whether it's a friend that's rescuing you or a complete stranger. Sometimes we need somebody else to fill the medicine cup or to fit us in our brace or to drive us all the places we need to go. I know it is not fun to be dependent like that. Sometimes our needs are visible to the world, you know, but sometimes they're more subtle or we can appear to be just fine. You know, we're functioning, we're producing at work, we're moving through the motions, but inside we're floating. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Just floating from one thing to another, unsure of who you are or where you belong or what in the world you're supposed to be doing. It's in these moments that we have lost the taste of salt. Jesus says, you are the salt of the earth. That's not changing, but you can lose your flavor. To understand what Jesus means, we have to put on some shoes of the people on the hillside that were listening to Jesus' words. So I want you to take a moment and just in your mind, put on the shoes of the man who left work early to go learn from Jesus. Or put on shoes of the woman who made a detour in her work to go learn from Jesus. Put on shoes of the kid that skipped class to travel to the hillside to learn from Jesus. And once you have those shoes on, think about how you're on a hillside, you're popping a snack, you're finding a friend to sit beside and you are leaning in to learn from Jesus. 
Jesus has just finished this magnificent litany of blessings that you and I call the Beatitudes. It's a list of blessings and we're there sitting, trying to figure out how we can fit ourselves into being poor of spirit or meek so that we can be blessed too. And as we're thinking about that, Jesus takes a right turn in his teaching. He picks up some salt that's in one of the women's baskets and he lifts it up and he says, you are the salt of the earth. Jesus did that often. He took common objects around him to illustrate his point. It's effective. And everybody leans in, even though everyone knows what salt looks like. He says, you are the salt of the earth. And he's got us leaning in. And it's because salt is valuable. It was really valuable in Jesus' time. In fact, some Roman soldiers were paid in salt. That's where that expression, he's not worth his salt, comes from. It would be the equivalent of Jesus saying to us today, you are gold or you're some um, expensive stock. You're like 100,000 shares of NVIDIA. He's telling us we have value. In Jesus' sight, we are valuable to him. We are salt. Now we don't pay people in salt these days, at least not that I'm aware of but we still know it's worth, right? It still lives on all of our kitchen countertops and dining room tables. We know the flavor that salt provides, the flavor that it can bring out in other foods. How many of you guys are excited about putting salt on watermelon this summer? Yeah, that's a good Southern thing. Salt can work as a catalyst, right? It can preserve meats for long periods of time. Salt can be a healing agent. If you mix it with warm water and you swish it around your mouth, it can heal wounds in your mouth. Salt is valuable and salt serves a purpose. So when Jesus says to us, you are the salt of the earth, he's telling us you are valuable and you have a purpose. And our purpose, it's similar to salt. We are to make everything we touch better. No big deal, right? You can do that. We have a purpose beyond ourselves, like that salt on the watermelon. Nobody's talking about the salt. Everybody's talking about the watermelon. Some of us have been listening to graduation speeches recently. It's that time of the year when we celebrate our graduates. And I wonder what a crowd would do today, a crowd of, of students and their parents and their teachers and their friends. How would they respond if the inspirational speaker said, be salt? I mean, that talk couldn't be labeled, be salty, you know? That's what I would like, but salty, you know, English language, it changes. I'm pretty sure salty means something like being rude or mean. I don't know, check Urban Dictionary. I'm not quite sure. That's why I didn't label this, be salty. Be salt. What if those, those graduates and their parents and their families and teachers heard as they close one chapter and begin the next, be salt? I kind of like it. Arthur Brooks is a professor at Harvard University and he teaches students, or as he puts it, hundreds of anxious young people. He teaches them how to be happy. He gave a keynote speech at the Catholic University of America's commencement this year, and he warned graduates against what he calls two terrible pieces of advice. And I'm sure you've heard them before. The first is this, find a job that you love and you'll never work a day in your life. 
How many of y'all have heard that? How about this one? Go save the world. He says they're terrible. I'm gonna tell you why. To the first, go find a job you love. You'll never work a day in your life. He says this, he says, good luck. He says, that's a great way to ruin your life. No job, no job will be fun all of the time. He says, we gotta level set some expectations with reality. And to the second, the good piece, I think it's well-meaning advice, go save the world. He says, no pressure, but that is awful advice to give highly anxious people. He says, every problem is super complex. And yes, we need to make the world a better place, but we can't tell people to go out and try to save the world. He said, he didn't say this, I'm adding this. Jesus came to save the world, so we ought to know our place. And before you go thinking, okay, well, let's just throw out those terrible pieces of advice and we'll just rest with what we know motivates people, right? Money, prestige, power. Brooke says no. And he offers up two pieces of his own advice. The first is he says, look for earned success, earned success. He says, produce something that's valuable. And then at the end of the day, you can go to bed knowing that you have put your gifts to use. And the second is serve others. He says, if you're doing your work in a way that positively impacts those around you, you will be deeply satisfied in your work. As I was reading Brooke's speech, it struck a chord within me. There was some semblance of truth. And I think, I think it's because Brooks is basically telling these graduates to be salt. Just as Jesus told those original followers on the hillside and he tells us today, you are salt, which means you have value, you have gifts. Be salt. Your purpose is to make things better and not necessarily in the grandiose save the world way, but the little everyday ways like being generous or lifting someone else up. Jesus depends on us. Jesus depends on us to make the kingdom visible in ways that people can see and taste and touch. He expects us to be salt. So be salt. Be salt. Preserve something for future generations that'll have a positive impact. Be salt. Be that lifeline for someone in need, someone who might need a little salt to survive. Be salt. Remember that ranger from Mount Rainier National Park? She told us that many of those air evacuations could have been prevented if hikers packed two things. Goldfish and Gatorade. Goldfish and Gatorade would have made it so every single one of those hikers that they had to air back off the mountain could have walked down the mountain on their own two feet. Goldfish and Gatorade. You know what those two things have in common? Be salt. Amen.
standing here in the rain I can see the water soaking through the holes in your shoes And turn your mind from the storm Get you somewhere safe where it's soft and warm I'm waiting here at a dim street light Orange dances around in your empty eyes And I can see straight into your soul Oh, so lost and out of control Oh, shine If your heart tells you to Then who are you to question it? Shine If the world gets you down Don't be afraid to wrestle it Shine You have your whole If the world gets you down, don't be afraid. 
Amen. Pray with me, please. Holy, loving God, we come to you today praying for all people, praying for those who are so excited about the destination that we neglect or forget about the preparation. We pray for all who don't think about what we need along the way. We pray for those who forget to pack the necessities, who are unprepared for the road ahead. We pray for those in need of rescue and those who provide the rescuing. We pray today for others who forgot how to pray for themselves. We pray for those who are so used to being on their own that they don't realize they are not alone. Holy God, Please remind us all that we have value, that we are worthy, that we have a purpose to serve, that we are to simply be the salt, to add flavor, to preserve, to restore, simply be the salt in every conversation, in every situation, in every meeting. Whenever the opportunity presents itself, allow all people to remind themselves that just be salt, just add flavor, just preserve, just restore. Just be who you created us to be and serve as you have created us to serve. And now, holy God, we ask you to lead us as we pray in the way that your son Jesus taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Family, please stand with me for our affirmation of faith. What do we believe? I believe in God the Father Almighty, the maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen. Please remain standing and sing with us.
be salt, be salt. And as we go from this time of worship, may the peace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the interruption that is the Holy Spirit may be with you and with all those you love and with all those nobody loves. Go in God's peace. Amen. If you feel compelled to support the church financially, you can give a secure gift online at downtownchurch.me forward slash give.